Yeah, babe, I'm getting to it. Hold on, hold on. Ah! Hey, babe, can I go golfing? Can I go fishing? Can I go biking? I'm just gonna go sit in my car. I should fix this. I should fix this. Go fix this. Ask your mom. Dad's busy. Babe, can you get the kids? I'm in the meeting. Okay. What else can I air up? Oh, shoot. Babe, can you get me some TP? There should be like 186 rolls in the garage. Babe? Oh, just text her. Hey, babe, we should get a tiger. I'm finally gonna paint these cabinets. Oh, babe, I'm gonna finally be able to do that koi pod. Alright, dad's making dinner. What do you guys want? Broth, burgers, or steaks? What do you mean you want something else? Not gonna make cheeseburgers. Ugh. 28 PSI? Come on, babe. She knows better. Babe, can I have a couple friends come over? We'll all be outside. We'll be 10 feet apart, and everyone will bring their own chair. Ugh. Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. We are continuing our series, How to Get Through What You're Going Through. Uh, this is week two, uh, getting through a big mistake. Now, a big mistake I made recently was telling everyone I would grow out my beard until we could meet again in person, because I only thought it was gonna be a couple of weeks, but whoops, big mistakes are being made all around us all the time. And today we're gonna take a look at the life of Moses and how he and his story and what his people went through apply to our current reality. So we're gonna start this week in Exodus chapter two. Now, let me take just a second to set the scene. For about 400 years, the Hebrew people were prospering in Egypt. But one day they woke up to a brand new and difficult world. It was an entirely new reality. Everything had changed overnight. Now, does that sound familiar? All of a sudden, they had to leave their privileged life, their um, high status in society, and all of a sudden they were slaves of the Egyptians. Their job was to make bricks, and they would do this day in and day out with slave masters constantly chanting over them, work without fainting, work without fainting. Now last week we learned that Moses was a Hebrew adopted into the Egyptian royal family. So he was in a very unique position. Uh, this story today covers about 80 years of Moses' life. Uh, we covered the first 40 years of growing up last week and how he grew up privileged, being trained uh, in the most advanced and progressive Egyptian culture. Uh, they were so advanced, in fact, they were one of the first cultures to determine that the earth is not flat. News flash to some of you guys. The earth is round and the Egyptians uh, were very advanced in astronomy and chemistry and mathematics and Moses would have uh, attended what would have been the Harvard of his day. So this was the first 40 years of his life and this week we're going to see what happens uh, during the next 40 years. So let's take a look right now. Exodus 2. When Moses had grown up, he went out to observe his people, the Hebrews, and he witnessed the heavy burden of labor forced upon them. He also witnessed an Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew brothers. He looked around to see if anyone was watching, but there was no one in sight. So he beat the Egyptian just as the Egyptian had beaten the Hebrew. 
Moses ended up killing the Egyptian and hid the dead body in the sand. This is where the story starts. This is the big mistake. Moses kills the Egyptian. Now, at some point, uh, Moses had recognized that he was truly a Hebrew, that he's not really an Egyptian, though he was trained as one. And he's watching his people uh, be persecuted, be unfairly abused and suffer. He reacts and murders someone and then tries to cover it up. Now, that's a huge mistake. Have you yourself, have you made any big mistakes in your life? If you have, think about what was it that you did? How did you respond? There's three real ways we can do that. We can face it, we can fake it and pretend that nothing has happened and create false narratives, or we can flee. And Moses takes the latter option. Let's pick it up in verse 13. He went out again the next day and saw two of his Hebrew brothers fighting with each other. Moses then confronted the offender. Moses says, why are you hitting your friend? The offender says, who made you our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me just as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Ooh, busted. So fear immediately grips Moses when he's faced with the reality of what he's done, that it's known. So Moses says to himself, the news of what I did must have spread. I must get out of here quickly. Because Moses was right. When the news reached Pharaoh, he sought to have Moses killed. But Moses ran away from Pharaoh until he reached the land of Midian. And there he sat down beside a well. Now pause for a second. He flees everything he knew. The position, training, the royal family, all of it, gone. And this is the next part of the story. This is the big loss. He flees to the desert and away from the palace to avoid being killed himself as a punishment. So what did he have to do? He had to flee. He had to flee the privileged life he knew out of self-preservation. He lost it all. Now consider what you may have lost due to your mistakes. What I appreciate in part about what Moses did in this situation is that he decided that you know he, he might need to run away to save his life, and he, so he flees, but he doesn't blame God for his mistakes. He doesn't say, God, you put me in this position. Why is it your fault that I killed this man and now have to leave? I want us to look at this and, recur- and encourage us to resist the temptation to blame God for what we have done. I think this is one of the ways that God shows us true love, is that he doesn't protect us from all of the consequences of our actions. And moms and dads, you know this really well. Sometimes we have to let our children experience the extent of the consequences of the decisions they make so that they can actually learn what we want them to learn on their own, so that they can become better people and more loving people, more healthy, well-adjusted people, by their choice. And this is almost always difficult. It's so painful to watch our kids go through things that we may have encountered ourselves and lessons that we may have learned uh, to try to keep them from experiencing the pain that we did. But when we allow them to do this, when we allow them to experience the consequences of their actions, we grow. And as parents, we choose to trust God in these moments. So what happens next is Moses is resting at a clean water well in Midian, 
uh, and he's resting from his long journey, his long escape, uh, and he meets the seven daughters of the priest of Midian. The priest was named Ruel. He was also known as Jethro. Uh, seven daughters are getting water from the well there to feed and water their flocks. Now some other uh, male shepherds are there and try to muscle in on the women to push them aside to get to the water first and to, to humiliate them, essentially. And so Moses sees this injustice again and stands up for these seven daughters, the daughters of Jethro or Ruel, and he defends them. And he even goes another step further, and he fills their, their buckets, and he goes and waters the flocks for them. So the daughters, with their work done, get back early, get home early, and their dad says, hey, why are you guys back so early today? And the women say this, an Egyptian was at the well, and he saved us from the bullying of the shepherds. He even drew water from the well and watered the flock for us. Jethro, where is this man? Why did you leave him at the well? Go find him and invite him over for a meal. After experiencing Jethro's hospitality, Moses agreed to come and live with him. And eventually, Jethro arranged for one of his daughters, Zipporah, to marry Moses. Later, Zipporah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And Moses named the child Gershom. Because, as he explained, I have been an outsider in a foreign land. So how's that for a turnaround? Moses is a fugitive. He finds and helps out of instinct and is welcomed in to a new family in a new land. And then he gets invited to the priest's home. Ruel invites him over, gives him his daughter. They have a child together. What a crazy turnaround. So what begins for Moses as a dinner invitation turns into yet another adoptive home for this wandering fugitive. Now, if you've been at Rain City for any amount of time, you know we draw so much inspiration from how both water and adoption are key themes in God's plan for all of us. Water uh, shows us that it keeps the land and the people and the animals alive. And the repetitive adoptive love for us and for God's people keeps us cared for and in God's will. And this is why we continue to provide clean water for people in the developing world, why we sponsor kids and adopt families in Bellevue and provide groceries for them. It's just, it's just what God wants us to do. And again, we are so proud of you guys for the way that you continue to respond as a church by providing clean water and food and sponsoring adopting children, even in the midst of a global pandemic. You are truly modeling God's love for our region, our world, and our town. But for Moses, through all the twists and turns in his life, God is really preparing him for a special task. Since he is raised by a Hebrew mother, he hears the stories of his people and learns to love them and identify with their suffering. Since he becomes a part of Pharaoh's extended family, he knows how to gain access to power structures. And since he spends three years in the land of Midian, really getting to know the land and taking care of Jethro's flocks, he has an intimate connection with the land through which one day he will lead a vast company of people. In the meantime, uh, Moses has to figure out who he is, and more importantly, whose he is. Because soon there will be a job to do. So in Midian, through Jethro, through the family there, through the land there, through his jobs there, he recognizes big love. 
Ruel's hospitality keeps Moses on track. In the midst of your big mistakes, who were some of the people who acted like Ruel did to Moses, who kept you safe from going completely off the rails? I want to encourage you now to hop onto the Rain City Church app and tap the Connect tab and then enter a prayer request or a next step. Maybe submit a prayer request of gratitude for someone who has been a Ruel in your life. Or even just text them right now during this online experience. Maybe FaceTime them this week and let them know how they helped you, how their hospitality helped keep you on track. So for what happens next for Moses? After many years, another again, I love how the Bible says many years because this is like tens of years, decades. But eventually Egypt's king dies and the Israelites continue to cry out from their bondage to be rescued. And now at this point, God hears their cry and makes a big move with Moses. Now, one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, where the mountain of God stood. There, the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Now, I'm not a shepherd. You might not be a shepherd yourself either, but when you're shepherding in the desert, burning bushes were a common experience. They're, they're not uncommon. Lightning would strike um, dry plants, which make extremely good um, kindling, and fires would quickly be set ablaze. What unusual in this case, in Moses' case, was the fact that this bush continued to burn, which was so weird for Moses to see as a veteran shepherd. Moses uh, comes close to the experience, to the burning bush, and he sees more than he expected to see. He hears more than he expected to hear. He encounters the one true God and what the Bible calls his special messenger or an angel, but the form of the encounter is not really completely clear in Scripture. Moses hears from God, but he only sees fire and the special messenger or angel. Now, I think in this case, God's, I mean, the point here is not that God is simply trying to impress Moses or amaze Moses with miracles, but really to call him to an important task. God's people are suffering and they need someone willing to go and rescue them. God has already decided the right person for the job, but that person, Moses, needs to be persuaded to do the right thing. Let's go into Moses' thoughts for a second. He says to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the Eternal One saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. And God, the eternal one, says, Moses, Moses. Moses says, I'm right here. God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand barefoot on the ground in my presence. For this ground is holy ground. I am the true God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A feeling of dread and awe rushed over Moses. He hid his face because he was afraid he might catch a glimpse of the true God. 
God says, I have seen how my people in Egypt are being mistreated. I have heard their groaning when the slave drivers torment and harass them, for I know well their suffering. I have come to rescue them from the oppression of the Egyptians, to lead them from that land where there are slaves, and give to them a good land, a wide open space, flowing with milk and honey. The land is currently inhabited by Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The plea of Israel's children has come before me, and I have observed the cruel treatment they have suffered by Egyptian hands. And this is what I want to call the big reveal. This is where God's ultimate plan is revealed to Moses. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? God literally delivering you through his audible voice, his plan for you. And that's what we have the opportunity to do today. Do you feel like you have enough info and experience to see God at work in your life, even in our current reality? If so, if you've heard that, if you have that message, are you on track? If not, who can you reach out to to help you find it or to get back on that path of what you know to be your peace and, and purpose in life? If you are still searching for that meaning for purpose in life, we want to help you discover it. The first step is to decide today to follow Jesus, maybe again uh, or for the first time. Again, you can tap in our Rain City Church app. You can tap Connect, go to Next Steps. And on the app, we would love to help you discover what it means to follow Jesus and to grow spiritually. So I hope you were inspired by this message. We're going to pick it up again next week to see what happens next. But this is my final thought. So what is God telling us through this passage today in our current season? He's saying this, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your past, he's saying that no one is beyond his redemption. No matter the season, reason, political climate, or personal trials we find ourselves experiencing. I find it personally encouraged to watch uh, God look at Moses to watch him become a murderer, only then to show him the path to his ultimate destiny through the water and through his adoptive love that he continues to reach out to Moses with. And I want to close this devotion uh, with this verse. Any temptation you face will be nothing new, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. He always provides a way of escape so that you will be able to endure and keep moving forward. I hope that message finds you and leaves you encouraged today. Uh, and tune in next week to find out what happens next in Moses' road to his ultimate redemption. Thanks for being with us. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for this example that you've given us in the story of Moses. And as we reflect on his first 80 years of life, we realize how patient you are with us, how temporary current problems uh, can seem to you. And God, would you give us the patience, the perseverance? Would you bless us with your presence, with your peace? Help us to discover in this time your purpose. Help us to lean in to discover these truths that you've embedded in your love letter to us through the Bible. We pray that Moses' life would be encouraging to all of us, God, today, and that you would continue to use uh, our church 
to keep us connected, God, to keep us on your path. We love you so much. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rain City Church Podcast. We love that our community exists for so many, not just in the greater Seattle area, but around the world. Please push subscribe and feel free to share our content. And for any more questions or to get more involved, check out our website at raincitychurch.com. We hope to see you this Sunday soon.